Welcome all to Equestrian Podcast, and today we're going to be speaking on the topic of goal setting, which is a favorite for both of us. I'm Annie, and I'm here with my co-host, Caroline. Hey guys, how are you today? I think they're good. I don't know why I asked a question. (laughs) (laughs) That's because you just want to keep us all in the loop. Okay. (sighs) Thanks so much for tuning in with us today. Uh, Annie and I are super excited to talk about goals and goal setting. And I know that you're probably thinking right now, like, okay, we have literally heard this a thousand times. Like goal setting is such a beaten to death topic. Um, And, you know, in some respects, you're probably right. Hashtag goal digger. Hashtag goal getter. Um, But I think we have uh, some content today that we can maybe contribute uh, that just adds uh, a little bit of an additional uh, volume of information. I stuttered, man. Did you hear that? Did it additional? It's okay. I think that um, everyone in their mind thinks that they have goals and that they have resolutions or whatever you want to call them. But I know that I've been really seriously intentional about goals probably for the past two to three years. You've probably been a little bit longer than I have. Can you speak a little bit to like pre and post? Yeah, I I get abnormally excited about goals and goal setting. And I don't mean that to come across like, I'm so excited to declare that I would like to be an astronaut one day. I just mean that, and I know that everybody knows this, and there was a study published a zillion years ago that says, like, just the physical act of, like, identifying a goal and writing it down on a piece of paper, I think the statistic is, like, 32% or 42%. It's an overwhelmingly high um, a percentage jump in your likeliness to accomplish that goal from the least labor-intensive part. Like, what else could you do? And you'd be like, all right, if you do this, you're 40% more likely to achieve it. Like, literally Mm -hmm. just from, like, paper, pencil, 12 seconds, done. Um, Yeah, and I think, like, that's the the biggest thing. So, like, for me, about three years ago, I started writing my goals down. And I can't remember when you did it, if it was, like, I started in 2015 was the first year that I did a goal sheet. Um, and then I did a goal sheet in 2015 and 2016, and now I have a goal book, which I've had since 2017 and I I have it in front of me right now. And it is absolutely one of the coolest things to be fair by goal book. I mean, it's literally a empty blank notebook that I got from the dollar store. It's nothing fancy. Well, whatever works because... I think that's another thing. I do have passion planner envy, though. I would love for you to talk about the passion planner because... Well, yeah, I I use a passion planner for my goal setting, but I think that 
like I've mentioned it a thousand times to my husband and he is 0% interested in it. And he has something more like a gold journal, like a dollar store situation like you have. And it works just fine for him. So I don't think you have to go out and buy. I think the passion planners planners like 30 bucks. So you don't have to go out and buy anything, but I definitely think that having a system has helped me hold myself more accountable and absolutely I'm, ag- I'm certainly achieving goals that I never thought that I would be achieving simply because I'm looking at them more and I'm writing them down and I'm holding myself accountable to them which I think like you said thought like you never thought that you would accomplish them but I think a thought is like a big part of it like if you have something that you tangibly write down all of a sudden you become responsible for it you become responsible mm-hmm. for a like notating that you're more aware of it and then okay pass fail or like reevaluate or Or put yourself on a timeline and hold yourself accountable to that timeline to meet your pass fail goal yes and I think so that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about a little bit today was um like why goals are important what determines a goal and what's the difference between a goal and a dream and then getting a little bit less arbitrary and a little bit more specific And by goals, I don't mean, you know, your goal is to go to the Olympics or go to the NFR or to be a professional. I mean, your goal can be whatever identifies with what you value. If, you know, and I think you can kind of speak to this in a minute, like sitting down and kind of going through the framework of figuring out what you value or what you hope to achieve and then building a framework towards that because a goal gives you kind of an end point. And if you have an endpoint, you can work backwards and break it into smaller pieces, and then you have a plan. And then it mm-hmm. makes something as lofty as I want to do, I want to go to the NFR, I want to go to the Olympics, or I want to go to something so incredibly lofty. Nobody ever accidentally gets to those places. Nobody wakes up one day and they're like, oh my gosh, I was just walking along and like, boom, I'm here. You know, so mm-hmm. I think it takes intent. Um, and so highlighting that as like, this is my end game gives you the ability to plan towards that end game. Mm-hmm. But I Would- think it also can offer clarity for those that don't have performance related goals. But if your goal is like, if you have a, if you lead a very stressful Monday through Friday job and life and you want to have a relaxing outlet on the weekends and your goal is, I want to have a relaxing outlet on the weekends, then maybe you ought not have a three-year-old thoroughbred off the track. And maybe you ought to select your horse or your barn environment or the people that you choose to spend your time with when you're in that environment, according to those goals. And then that way you don't have to be frustrated in some of your experiences and you can be constantly aware and moving towards your goal of allowing your horse outlet to be relaxing that and that really that like power of intention um really deserves to be said we touched on this idea a little bit in our resources podcast that like the difference between an actual deficit and a perceived deficit and if you know you have a perceived lack of resources that doesn't have any relevance to your specific um, goal or your specific process, then it's not actually a deficit. You know, like if you, like you said, if your goal is not to be one thing, 
you know, like you said, if you want to have a relaxing weekend, if you want to have, if you want to be, uh, just like comfortably riding, um, you know, amateur, or you want to show up to a certain level, but you're not worried about pursuing to the next level, or you just want to be able to like canter around comfortably on your horse. Um, make sure that your mindset is in line with what you value. Just like if my goal is not to haul down the road to a zillion overnight shows, I probably don't need an $80,000 living quarters trailer. And me feeling like I'm lacking that has nothing to do with what I actually value. So discard Mm -hmm. it because it's wasted energy. Yeah, it'll take a lot of the frustration and negative energy out of your entire equation if you don't find yourself perpetually frustrated. Yeah, feeling like you're letting yourself down and you're letting yourself down over something that's not even relevant. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, which I think also speaks a little bit to, and I'm super excited about this. You hear people all the time, especially young kids and, you know, um, people who are really excited or like new to things, really enthusi- enthusiastic, set these goals that are incredibly lofty and may even be considered unrealistic. And my, the biggest takeaway that I've always kind of thought about that is like, No goal is unrealistic if you are realistic about what it takes to achieve that goal and if you're willing to actually do the steps, you know, Mm -hmm. and that goes back to like things not happening by accident. Like I would know more, let's say that there's a, you know, a 16 or 18 or 20 year old girl that, you know, her goal is to, and whatever discipline she does, she wants to take it to the highest level. Um, you know, could that seem challenging? Absolutely. It is challenging. You know, there's, not everybody makes in, in this industry. Um, it's what I would consider unrealistic. If she's not realistic about what it takes to get there, she's not willing to do the work. She's not willing to put in the time. She hasn't done the research. Then I would consider that goal unrealistic. But if you have somebody who is realistic about exactly what goal that is, exactly how lofty it is, and they're realistic about breaking that down to a pursuable path, then I would absolutely not consider it an unrealistic goal. So I think that's a really clear delineation to make is if you're willing to do the research, build the plan, understand the resources that goes into something, and you build a realistic plan about an unrealistic goal, then you can't say that's unrealistic anymore. So I would caution people who either give that advice or who have heard, oh, we can't do that. That's not realistic. Um, I would Mm -hmm. caution them just to be mindful of that kind of dynamic in their, in their goal setting process is identify what you value. If you truly value something that's very lofty, make it a realistic plan because the only time, like, for example, if I say my goal is to make it to the NFR, but I am slacking in my action, in my research, in my plan, in what kind of resources I need to create to do that, et cetera, et cetera, then that is an unrealistic goal because I'm not being realistic about achieving it. But anyway, mm-hmm. that is also... No, I think, that's, <laughs> I think that's true because I think a lot of people talk about creating smart goals and um, attainable goals. And I think that it's not discouraging you from pursuing lofty goals but that perhaps your really lofty goal isn't attainable in this moment and in one single step perhaps there are multiple in your current state you know yeah perhaps there are like multiple goals that you have to track to throughout a lifetime to finally get to that end goal but that doesn't mean that it's 
unattainable. It just means that it's gonna there are gonna there's gonna be a long process to attaining that goal. And Multiple a lot of reevaluation too, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like checking in with, because that's another thing I think is important to do. And it's one thing that I've really enjoyed about keeping a perpetual goal book is that I'm able to look back. I don't have my first couple of goal sheets that I did, but I have a goal notebook that I started in 2017. And I'm able to go back and look at my miscellaneous goals, my um, like you know, I have like random miscellaneous goals, my professional goals, my personal goals, and I'm able to go back and track them and say, okay, well, this is where we need to pivot a little bit, or this is where we need an adjustment or like, nope, this is working. And I think that's important too, is to like, not compulsively, but I would say at least a couple of times a year, check in on your goals and reevaluate, you know, if it's still in line with, again, what I talked about earlier, is it still in line with what you value or have you gotten to the next step in it? And you've kind of decided like, you know, this isn't really what I thought. Maybe this isn't for me. So we're going to pivot a little bit. And that doesn't mean that you are achieving less. It just means you have the presence of mind to achieve something different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but I would love to hear more about your process and how you come up with your goals. And I absolutely love your, um, like goal planning vibe. I need to be more intentional about it, but I absolutely love yours. It was kind of funny because as I was listening to you, like having your, your different categories for goals, I was like, Ooh, I need to incorporate that into my goal brainstorming because I think that the way it seems like, and I'm certainly going to ask you a lot of questions about your process too, but it sounds like you have different categories as to how you, um, place in like in which you place your goals. And so it kind of seems like you can encourage more of a creativity in your brainstorming because like-minded goals tend to kind of clump together and so perhaps if you have a goal for like a a health and wellness goal it'll you like place that into one category and then so I'm thinking I need to be more intentional intentional about my brainstorming because I think that I could be drawing more goals out by putting them into categories I heard a prompt a long time ago and I won't say that I adhere to it terribly strictly um because I keep things like a little bit more whimsical, I guess, with my goal setting, (laughs) but um, health, wealth, love, and happiness. And I think if I retroactively go back and look, the vast majority of my goals can fit into those four categories, but then it gives you, it also kind of helps you balance your life, especially in this industry when a lot of people have a hard time um, balancing their relationships with their horses or their finances or their work with their love of horses or their pursuit of their uh, horse goals. This has like an automatic checks and balances in it. And it enables you, um, I will say that I don't goal set specific to that prompt, but that I do kind of, I'm actually flipping through my goal book right now. I also have rollover goals, which are goals that I've started in 2015. And if it's a goal that I want to continue to the next year, I roll it into the next year and then I'm able to look back and say, oh man, that's a habit now. Like it was a goal five years ago, but now it's just part of my life and I just roll it into the next year. And so some of um, those are um, drink a gallon of water daily, maintain a skin regiment, um, see, stretch weekly. That's a questionable one. 
Um, read 52 books. It has been on my goal sheet as a rollover goal since 2015 to read 52 books a year, which I think kind of speaks to the aim high, fail high, um, which I, we can talk more about later. But if by setting a lofty goal like that, um, if my goal is to read 52 books a year, uh, I'm probably, I don't think I've ever actually hit 52. I think I usually end up somewhere in the mid thirties to mid forties. Um, but I'm reading a lot more books than if that wasn't on my goal sheet at all, or if my goal was read a book a month. Um, Mm -hmm. so it just constantly keeps me driving to pursue that goal. Um, so I do my rollover goals and then I do new goals. Um, my 30th birthday in 2019, I I did goals that 30 year old Caroline would achieve. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But that's something that you always encourage me to do too, is to think about the five year, like the, like, so how how old am I now? 31? Am I 31? Yeah. So I had married people goals when I got married last year. It's super fun. Yeah. I think that it's really great to think of yourself from five years from now. And Caroline says to me all the time, Annie, what would 36 year old Annie say to this problem? And I think that that's a really great way to look at it. So like, what is 36 year old me? What do I have? What have I achieved? What, how do I behave? Like, that's a really great perspective. And that's only five years from now. Um, but it's five years worth of goal setting. And if you have a clear image and a, a plan in your mind, you're more likely to achieve it. And I think from a professional setting, it's five years of maturity and growth and confidence building. And mm-hmm. if you can kind of put yourself in that mindset of, okay, five years from now, I will have had this much more mileage of growth. So mm-hmm. if I can be this is going to sound a little crazy and probably some physicist somewhere out there is like, what? If you today can be five years from now, Annie, how far ahead will five years from now, Annie be in five years? (laughs) (laughs) I totally know what you mean. That sounds crazy. does sound a little crazy, but it's true. It's kind of that like, it's, yeah. you know, if, if you kind of put yourself in that perspective, then like by the time you get to five years from now, Annie, you will have been using that growth and experience for five years. You'll be 10 years then, from now, Annie. And yeah, you could be 10 <laughs> years, Annie. Um, and that kind of touches on a subject that I have absolutely no business speaking about. Like, I don't know. But then I'm just thinking that if Caroline now acts like from a skincare regimen, <laughs> Caroline, five years from now, does that mean that Caroline doesn't age in her skincare regimen? Yeah, that's my long-term goal <laughs> with my skin regimen. I'm going to start being like, man, Caroline, you look better at 35 than you did You at look like 25-year-old Caroline. <laughs> hey, I was talking to a lady at the barn the other day, and I have also, because it's the apocalypse and I haven't had Botox since 96, um... I was talking to a lady at the barn the other day and I was like, oh yeah, well I did this till I was 25 and da, 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 da. she goes, I thought you weren't 25 now. I was like, I'm 31. And I was like, oh, I love you so much. She was like, I thought you were like in your early twenties. I was like, and now I'm going to hug you and go home because I'm done. <laughs> Except for air hugs, COVID. So, oh yeah. Elbow bump. <laughs> Elbow bump. <laughs> but uh, that is my, uh, I'm adding that to my goal sheet. Begin to age in reverse. <laughs> but uh but yeah so um I have kind of a loosey-goosey towards the end of the year um I start to brainstorm 
Uh, what do I want to achieve the following year? What big transitions might be coming up? Um, you know, like I, in the last two years, I got engaged, I got married, I moved, you know, and those things have a big pivot effect, especially if you're doing diverse goals, which I recommend that everyone do. I recommend that everyone does not only personal goals, but professional goals. I recommend that everybody who's doing only professional goals, you know, works on some personal goals. I think that it's, you know, if you're accountable and seek high achievement in every area of your life, then you're just going to give yourself a better quality of life and it's not going to cost you anything. And that's basically free money and free time. Yeah. And that's what makes you happy really is feeling like you're, you're becoming the person that you want to be. That's what yeah, makes you exactly. happy. And yeah. like, I think about it this way, like five to 10 years is going to happen regardless. Like you're going to get to barring, you know, some sort of tragedy five to 10 years from now, you're going to get there either way. Uh, wouldn't yeah, it's you a rather matter of like what you look like when you get there, not physically, unless that's one of your goals. Well, I mean, you know, depends on if that's your goal. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that is goal sheeted, <laughs> but no, it's true. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, would you rather know that like, all right, five years from now, I'm going to have milked every bit of intention out of my life. And I, that doesn't have to be crazy. That doesn't have to be like, I am going to be, you know, I am going to be an Olympian who is built like a supermodel, who is the face of a 16 year old, who has the perfect <laughs> life. Like that, like, again, it goes back to what you value. Like if you, if something is important to you, you know, if, you know, you can have a goal that's, I'm going to, you know, start my day off with three minutes of meditation every day. Mm -hmm. And you carve out that three minutes for yourself. And that is a goal for you. Anybody can find three minutes. Anybody mm -hmm. anywhere can find three minutes. And if that's an important goal to you, then you can achieve that. And then looking back, you know, cumulatively, what positive have you contributed to your life? Just because um, like I was listening to a podcast a long time ago that talked about like how important it is to like keep promises to yourself. And by writing, mm -hmm. if something is important to you because you value it and you write it down and you keep it attainable for where you are and what you're doing, how much better are you going to feel about life in general? Like there's like blissful endorphin magic in like, and I, I kid you not, in the beginning it was, I drank my gallon of water today. Check. Exactly. It's the like, fact that you, you followed through for yourself. And like, it's kind of like my vegan diet. I, well, I'm not exactly vegan anymore, but I've made vegan -ish. specific. Yeah, vegan-ish. Um, I eat eggs and um, I eat free range eggs and wild caught seafood. And but, cow bone. And sometimes collagen. <laughs> cow bone. Um, it sounds really yucky. I'm not like gnawing like on a bone. <laughs> <laughs> collagen powder. <laughs> but. I'm very intentional about cutting the things that I don't want to eat out. And so I feel good about that, even though yeah. like uh, I still eat things that are bad for me. Sometimes I still feel good about myself as a whole that I've held myself accountable to the goal that I set to not eat. Because it's something that you value and there's something, and I think this is I'm speaking socially in this, there is a large social cavity I guess a point of decay in people valuing something 
regardless of what it is, but then their life not adhering to those values. And I don't even Mm -hmm. mean values on like a grand scale, like on an ethical, moral, huge, like end of the world catastrophic scale. I mean, like there's something very important about like, I wish I could be blah, 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 which means Mm -hmm. somewhere in you, you value that. And Mm -hmm. then you fail those internal values every day. Yeah. It's like confidence. demoralizing. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's it affects your confidence. Yeah, for sure. But anyway. Well, the what I was thinking is I was going to go through what I think is um I outline a little bit of how I plan my goals. I'm very excited. And then um Oh, there was one other thing and it totally just zoop. There were two things that I thought were really important. Well, we got one, um, but it'll come to me. Um, I use a passion planner to to plan my goals, and so you can go online and Google it. They sell them on Amazon. Hashtag not spawns. Yeah, that. Um, and they also sell them on, I think it's like passionplanner.com. I don't know. You can just Google Amazon it. has them because we got my husband's sister one for Christmas last year. Yeah, yeah. I usually get mine through Amazon, but sometimes I don't think Amazon has all of the options Variable. that Passion Planner does. Yeah. Um, but there are a variety of different um, sizes and colors and um, options. Like you can have an academic calendar where it starts like with an academic year or you could have like a more of a fiscal like January through January kind of yeah, calendar. Yeah, like a traditional calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pick like what day of the week of the week you want to start anyway. Um, so I use the passion planner because it offers a lot of really cool little graphics and it, it even like on page number one or page number two, it gives, it gives you a lot of prompts, which at first when I started this, I needed a lot of help. Um, I'm flipping through it right now. But the very first thing that it suggests that you do is that you put yourself kind of in an uninterrupted space and set a timer, uh, and they call it making a a wish list, and you give yourself just like five minutes of freedom to just word vomit everything that you would want to accomplish in this lifetime, in this week, in this month. There are no limits. Um, you don't have to be, you don't have to worry about who's going to read it, who's going to judge you, if you're going to judge yourself, just kind of word vomit it all down on the page. And I try, this is where I think I need to implement Caroline's health, wealth, what is it? Health, wealth, love, happiness. Love, happiness. Which I did not I think make I up. That. I heard that as a prompt somewhere like a long time ago. It's written, I heard it pre-2017 because it's written on the inside binding of my 2017 page one goal sheet. Health, love, love, happiness. Perfecto. I think that's where I'm going to partially implement that. But it says literally here on the planner, lastly, do not feel the need to be realistic or justify your dreams. Just write them down. So that's what I do. I make a giant, like a giant blank sheet of, p- sheet of paper five to ten to however many minutes you want to sit down but I set a timer and I just at first you kind of awkwardly write a few things down and then you feel like you're done 
And then you write down a really small goal that's like, oh, I, I want to try and like do my nails more frequently. Wouldn't that be nice? And then you're like, oh, well, that reminds me. I'd like to try and make sure that I wear more of my wardrobe. Or that reminds me. I'd like to try and make sure that once a week I get a blowout. Or I don't know. That's not something that I do. But it's an example. Um, and so you f- just word vomit them all. And then you look at that list after you finish your free form brainstorm thing and the passion planner has a really neat web that in the middle it has today's date and then there are four arms that branch off of it and they have different um time frames they have three months one year three years or lifetime goals and you can which is break what those i love about into... the passion planner because it absolutely yeah. takes that like goal plan and it's like all right goal plan here you go and it helps you build that plan so a lot of times I work backwards from my lifetime goals and I write those down first and then I go to like three-year goals one-year goal three-month goals but honestly you could do whatever you'd like if you wanted to do lifetime and then 10 years five years it doesn't matter but it's it's kind of whatever works for that specific like however it works for your life And then I kind of work backwards to the point where then I break it down to a three-month goal. And then the Passion Planner has... Whoa, I knocked something over. Um, Then the Passion Planner has monthly and weekly, like, plan sheets broken down so that you can then go, once you've gotten your goals kind of, like, broken down into monthly or weekly actionables, you then just go literally write them in your planner. And you remind yourself to look back and say... I wanted to, in my lifetime, be bilingual. And then how am I going to break that goal down into like 10 years, five years, three years, monthly, this week? Oh, crap. That means that this week I should probably do something that gets me closer to being bilingual. What would bilingual Annie do today? Exactly. So that's how I do it. Um, And the the planner does prompt you twice a year to kind of reevaluate that web so that you can look through and see if there's something that you've accomplished within um because it does have like a three-month um little web space so you can reevaluate and readjust and maybe you've accomplished something in that three-month goal or hopefully you've accomplished all of them but then if you've also some accomplished something that was within your one-year bubble then you can reevaluate so it prompts you regularly to reconsider Um, And it also has really nifty tabs monthly. And I do fill out all of the little prompts that it has monthly. It it encourages a lot of monthly reflections where it'll ask you some prompting questions about um, what happened this past month and if there's things that you'd like to change or how you would have handled something or what you're grateful for. um, Which is what I think is one of the most unique components about the passion planner is it takes something arbitrary and it makes it action oriented and tangible on like a Mm day-to-day basis. Like it takes, um, especially like what, like some people like may not feel comfortable with, you know, um, like discussing their goals or like being asked questions about their goals in like a really introspective way. It has those prompts that is Mm -hmm. like, all right, like, you know, let's think about this. Let's, which I think sometimes too, if you have a really lofty goal or intimidating goal, if you're afraid to like talk about it, engage about it, share about it with yourself, 
I'm not even talking about putting it out there with the rest of the world. If your goals yeah. make you uncomfortable just to with literally yourself, just write down. Yeah. Right. It is much harder for you to achieve them. And so that's one thing that the passion planner I think does well. And I think that it's good to take away um, for regular goal planning is like, you have to be, you have to be confident and comfortable just putting your goals out there. That's the first step towards achieving them. And I think that the, these particular prompts do a really great job of like, all right, let's get some action rolling. Like, let's talk about this. Yeah. Let's figure it out. I'm becoming more intentional, especially with weekly reminders. Every month it has um, a personal and a work. It has a lot of um, places for professional and personal um, like breakdowns. And it also it says uh, this month's focus is personal or professional um, people I'd like to see this month, places I'd like to go this month, things I'd like to learn this month. And then weekly, it also um, gives you an opportunity that says, this is this week's focus. And you can write in what you'd like to focus on this week or good things that happened during this week. And then there's even an option for every day to list out what today's focus is. And I was just talking to my husband about a week or so ago. I've been <laughs> really what working on my head just now when you said that. What's that? Husband. <laughs> husband. <laughs> because <laughs> paul every time i say my husband paul has been going husband so now i'm like passively conditioned to whenever i hear the now word husband you, you can't even say husband i can't because i'm like husband what husband. was all that one in the million talk <laughs> we are diehard jim carrey fans so it's unfortunate for those of you that aren't um for multiple reasons yes anyway oh, I, I was talking to my husband about um the my week's focus i'd i had realized that like after looking through a month i'd realized that i'd had like four really intentional focuses for four different weeks and it, they were things that were really challenging me with my mindset on a particular horse and I realized that at the end of the month, I wasn't struggling with the same like mindset issues. And I was like, wow, I all I literally did, I don't think I really held myself accountable like consciously all that much. I certainly did, but not not a lot. Um, it's the awareness. It's like the bell yeah. on the weak foot. Like you don't exactly. have to be like if your horse has a weak leg, Annie shared this with me, like your horse has a weak leg. Like, what, what's it called, the term? Proprioception? That. No? Like, okay. You, yeah, yeah, you're right. That. No, the, you're exactly right. Yeah, I was like, I couldn't remember the word. Um, Like, if your horse has a weak leg or, like, a weak body part, you don't have to train the bejesus out of it. Just, like, a little bit of awareness goes a long way. Like, slap an extra bell boot on that sucker and let him be like, up, oh, leg, leg, leg. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like that's what some of the beauty in uh, this – processes that we're talking about is it doesn't have to be this like I got up at 3 30 in the morning and I grinded out on my goals for an hour before I started my day and then I did 75 one-handed push-ups just for fun it's like <laughs> it's just an awareness in the back of your mind mm -hmm. it's that like yeah. that, it's that 42 percent coming coming through I was really surprised at how little I felt like I had done to achieve those goals and how much actually was achieved just by writing down every week and looking at it every day not even consciously but I just as I would look up 
like open up the thing, the planner to the day, I'd see like, oh, your goal is this for the week. And it was really remarkable. Anyway, I just remembered the other thing that I wanted to talk about. Woo! Because, um, woo! Uh, because I remembered that all of these goal things that we've been talking about are for the most part, touching mainly on like personal goals, like your water drinking and your book reading. But I am curious how you break down your writing goals, because I know you have a binder and I feel like dressage is a little bit uh, like, I feel like I have it a little easier because there's a very clear delineation of progress. Yeah. And so although I have like certainly much more um, articulated goals than simply like mm, work towards pre-St. George this year. Like there, but it just in the sense that you have these levels and specific movements that need to be accomplished at those levels, there's a little bit more of clarity as to specifically what you're working towards. But my question was, um, how do you goal set for your writing goals? I'm super glad that you asked this because... (laughs) Funny that you mentioned this. 2020 Caroline's Gold Book has, well, here are the, I'll give you the specific breakdown. It has married life goals, skills I'd like to learn, uh, rollover goals, new goals, life goals, and uh, riding life goals and riding regular goals. So my riding life goals are things I'd like to achieve in my lifetime and things I'd like to achieve in 2020. And then I also have goals for putting myself out there, the things that make me wildly uncomfortable and goals for my vintage shop. Um, Mm. So uh, you're right. There is a lot less of a clear delineation um, in barrel racing um, then there are in maybe something that's like a little bit more structured. Um, and I know for me this year, uh, things have gotten a little crazy. What with the coronavirus thing and secondarily with my mayor having some soundness issues. Um, and I did have some very specific goals. We'll talk about this later in a podcast about, uh, how absolutely absurd my potential calendar for 2020 looks like. Um, but I had some, uh, like organization oriented goals as far as like events that I wanted to run at or types of events that I wanted to run at. I have my conditioning program that I wanted to adhere to with her. Um, I had like placement goals, um, as far as like where I want, what I wanted to achieve at larger events. Um, but honestly for me right now, um, and it's interesting, I just had a lesson a few weeks ago that was really insightful um, is the biggest thing that I know that I personally need to ride up, ride on, <laughs> uh, that I need to work on, uh, in my riding goals is really adapting my mindset to be, um, kind of more in line with the, uh, competitive nature, I guess, that I want to adhere to, which I think is an important part of goal setting, um, is, uh, like I have competitive goals, And I've worked really hard to achieve, you know, the horse and the conditioning and the equipment and then this, that, and the other. But unless you have kind of like checked all the boxes, your competitive goals are still going to be quite challenging. So I have a tendency to be um, very timid, very uh, like an overthinker in the show ring, um, very, and it compromises my riding ability. 
um, because I'll come out and I'll be like, I don't know what just happened. I went completely brain dead. Um, <laughs> so my largest goals are for 2020 in line with some of my performance goals. And honestly, kind of like the, the pivotal point to a lot of my performance goals are um, to cultivate more of a competitor's mindset. Um, and to be able to uh, control and channel the focus um, that I have uh, in everything other than when I know that I'm about to go in the ring um, and use that in a productive manner. Because what you don't want to do, and I've struggled with this in the past, is you don't want to do all of the work. Um, you don't want to do all of the work at home, conditioning your horse and doing the training and getting ready to go and paying the entry fees and, you know, hauling the truck and trailer to do all of the legwork, like literally do 99.357% of the work to get to an event and chuck your brains. Um, so mm-hmm. that is one of my biggest performance goals to work on. Cause it is very, it's kind of like going back to like, um, promises you keep with yourself and like what you value and like adhering to that, like whether it's something you control or don't control. And I know with my resources and with my time and with my energy and with my effort at home, um, my actions are, you know, and something that I value are being able to be competitive. And so it's very frustrating to me to do all of that as an important goal and then struggle with like the sports psychology end of it, which is why um, I think, Years ago, um, when I got back into barrel racing, probably like around 2015, I really started investing more in um, like sports psychology and reading and goal setting and being intentional And because I wanted to be able to, um, you know, my life had transitioned pretty radically and I wanted to be able to, you know, be productive and maximize my productivity, but also, um, I don't, I don't want to say control because that's not necessarily the word that I want to go with. Um, but I wanted to be intentional about my achievements rather than passive. Um, and just kind of make sure that everything that I valued was on the same page. So I digress. Long story short, I have competitive goals like winning certain things, competing at different types of events. But my, my overshadowing performance goal for this year is to get, um, to really develop because for me, it's not something that comes naturally. It's something that I have to be really intentional about um, to develop the the mindset of a competitor. And I very much am in awe of the people who just are are that way innately. Um, and uh, so it's it's something that I try to be really diligent about. Um, but yeah, so and part of that is doing this podcast. Absolutely, doing for me, it's doing something that pushes me way outside of my comfort zone. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> scares the poo out of me <laughs> every time. But here we um, are and we've lived. Here we are. Yes, so, so far. Um, I found that uh, so I've been pretty intentional about my my riding goals for the past two years. And I found that it's been tremendous, tremendously helpful. And I've been much more successful as a result. And I find that... Um, just the awareness of what my goal is for a very specific timeline or a very specific amount of time has made me become um, much more intentional and productive with every ride. So if I like, if I am aware of the movements that I am working towards perfecting, 
um, or just training, even if it's something that the horse isn't familiar with yet. It's even made my warm-ups more intentional. Um, like I know that if, like currently I'm bringing back my one mare also from um, an injury and she's a little bit this <laughs> is a little bit out of control at the moment. Um, so I start my warm up. That's such off. a dichotomy. <laughs> She's a little I, bit out of control. <laughs> yeah. So I, I start my warm up um, off with a lot of um, things that require some quite a bit of submission because it's something that I don't like physically she's not warmed up yet but mentally I start warming her up from the second I get on because well, if really by the time that you really start yeah. warming her up mentally from when you pull her out of her stall that's very true I do yeah but I don't really start with a ton of like I'm thinking um like I've recently started doing a bit more um with like some more lateral work in our warm-ups and a bit more with rain backs and just kind of like putting weird combinations of exercises together, even when it's when we're just walking, just so for her mentally to be like, okay, one must submit. But I think <laughs> too, then, that's an, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say that's a really important part of, and I think one of the wonderful things about dressage is that you have, like you were talking about earlier, that ingrained structure. But I think you going that extra step and cultivating a uh, consistent plan to mm -hmm. develop your ride. I know so many um, barrel racers and Western riders that don't approach things that way. And one of the, we'll talk about this a little bit later in a later podcast. Um, one of the greatest pieces of advice that I was ever, ever given was create your ride. There are so many people I'll mm -hmm. go out there with the best of intentions and they let their ride happen to them and it is create your ride and don't just create your ride today, create your ride so that you're not ping ponging from this thing to that thing, to that thing, to this thing today, yeah. tomorrow and the next day, but that you are with intent and with a specific goal in mind, going through a process to work towards your goal. You know, you're mm -hmm. not, you know, uh, from a barrel racing perspective, I wouldn't like, you know, do work on loping a circle today. And then tomorrow I wouldn't work on my loping circles. I'd work on, you know, I'd work on something else. And the next day I'd work on something else. And the next day I'd work on something else because with that mm -hmm. lack of some, not that you should drill your horse every single day in the same thing, but you have to have consistency that builds in some sort of a cumulative way towards yeah. a plan. And right. there's a balance with that, but I know so many people who just don't, and they, even with conditioning, um, you know, have a mindset of, you know, if I'm going to enter a conditioning program with my horse, we're going to have a time and mileage thing that we're going to achieve. And we're going to cumulatively build on that. And if we take mm -hmm. some time off, we're going to step back a little bit and cumulatively build back towards it and just have like, have that, have a plan. Yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously horses are individuals too. And I think that knowing your horse and knowing what day is best for what, sometimes the plan Absolutely. does change and it should play, should change. But I approach my warm up if, if I, like my horse doesn't particularly um, have a talent for lateral work. If I know that we're doing, if we're working on half paths today, uh, my warm up's going to be totally different than if we're, if I have a ride that's more geared towards trot quality, which seems to mm -hmm. be her, her jam. So it, you know, I've just, I've, I've, um, 
Because horses don't understand goals. They don't have a goal sheet. They don't understand, you know, that we have an end game achievement in mind. They're just trying to take what we're giving them and build off of it for the next thing that we give them so that what makes sense in our warm up kind of translates to what will make sense later in our ride. And if we don't Mm -hmm. give them those building blocks to kind of like put together in their little pea brains, they are catching them off guard constantly. Mm Yeah. Yeah. The better you can prep them, the better it will go. But anyway, that's that's the biggest benefit that I've noticed from having really clear goals within my riding is that like long term or like big picture, I have a, a really clear goal and then I can easily break it down to know that like, okay, if this is going to be achieved in three months, this month is this, this month is this, this month is this, this means that like by the end of this week, we really ought to be working towards this or that or this. And everything is, is constantly reevaluated, but right. And you may do three days of process progress in one ride and you may take five rides to get a half a day of progress, but you still have a clear delineation of what you want your progress to look like. But it's made me realize that every ride needs to be very intentional um, mm. if I'm really going to make even down to my warm up, like you were saying, and even down to like the time that I spend grooming and tacking and getting ready, I'm really intentional about the focus and goal that we have. But that's just like, that's because I have performance related goals. Like we had mentioned earlier, per- performance related goals aren't what everybody's aiming for. And if your right. goal is to go out and have a wonderfully relaxing trail ride for both you and your horse, you're going to approach it a little bit differently too. But you're still going to have intentional goals. You know, if you want to have a wonderful, relaxing trail ride, you know, you want to make sure that you're in the right frame of mind, that your horse is in the right frame of mind, that, you know, you've done the legwork so that you can create that sort of an, you know, there's, you know, you still have to kind of create that environment. You can't like just, you know, blah. And be like, that was the worst trail ride of my life. I don't know what happened. Well, what were the steps yeah. leading up to that? Whew, I've had some trail rides like that. I'll tell you. And then looking back, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where we went wrong. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on or talk about um, pertaining to um, goals or, or that sort of a thing? I think we've really covered a tremendous amount of uh, content and um I'm pretty tickled with today. No, I think, I feel like I said everything. I remember the two things that were important to me. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! Oh, I did um, have one more note. Um, what yeah. I try to think about sometimes when I'm kind of like word vomit whimsically coming up with my goals is mm-hmm. I think in my head like, what is the best version of Caroline? What is the best version of me and what does she do? And then I yeah. try to build my goals towards that framework, not so comprehensively that I just overwhelm myself and feel like a failure, but like, hmm, the best version of care, because what I build on as goals this year, five years from now will become habits or one year from now or three. And then I can add more things. And before you know it, I've changed radically a lot of traits in my life towards being a better version of myself. Yeah. And but all because you had a really clear idea of the ideal self and what you were working towards. Right. And then I've adjusted, but I no longer think, well, I've got to drink my gallon of water today because it's on my goal sheet. It's become a habit. I don't think about it anymore. And I've replaced that with another goal that will kind of, you know, but anyway, that was my last two cents. I, it just reminded me that I'm also like a really big um, vision board maker. Ooh, yes. And that is, so I do a lot of, when I do my 
five minutes of word vomit and brainstorming my goals, those things are the things that I put on my vision board. So I take all of my lifetime goals and I I mainly use my vision board for like the really big uh, lifetime goals. I do put like some of the smaller goals that are um, seemingly more attainable in there as well. Um, But a lot of times I use my vision board to kind of manifest those really big lifetime yeah to give you a visual reminder so we have like the intellectual reminder in our Mm -hmm. you know journals or notebooks or writing things down but a physical picture is just like a much more visceral uh reminder yeah yeah and I actually have started um doing I now have a vision dresser so I have my dresser like right next to my bed so as soon as I wake up I just have started like a like a little baby girl putting all these magazine clippings like all over my dresser I Um, love it but so the vision dresser has been really helpful too that's awesome that anyway but that's all I have yeah that's all I have as well I think um our coming podcasts I'm pretty tickled about we're gonna talk uh in the future um about rehab what's it like and that also ties into goals and resources a little bit um when Mm -hmm. and both of us can kind of speak to this I think you um definitely have like a tremendous amount of value to contribute in this respect um what's it like when you know you're a rider and you're grounded um and how you can still progress and contribute to your goals or your project or your horse um in, in, in when things don't look like you know, um, what you hope that they look like. Um, we're going to talk about some must have skills that we think that every horse person, regardless of their intent should have. Um, and yeah, kind of got, got some exciting things coming down the pipe in the mix. Um, in the meantime, if you'd like to follow along with us, we have an Instagram it's at equestrian underscore podcast. And that equestrian is spelled, uh, E-Q-U-E-S-T-R-I-E-N-N-E underscore podcast. And if you'd like to shoot us an email, our email is equestrienpodcast at outlook.com. E-Q-U-E-S-T-R-I-E-N-N-E podcast at outlook.com. So that's all, folks. Yeah, thanks for riding along with us. And we will catch up with you guys next time. Have a great day. Set some goals. Woo! Woo!